Thank you everyone for 380 fun-filled episodes of Club Cafe Brussel Talk. Before we get to our final episode, here are a few testimonials from some of our great listeners. What's up everybody? It's your boy, Adrian Cotton, world-famous author of AWO Big Time Players Episodes 1, Beginning of Change, and Episode 2, Continuing to Grow, which are available at Amazon as ebooks and paperback. World-famous travel agent. You can hit my website up at emersoncotton.intellitravel.com and a guy who can help you start your own business. So give me a call at 410-202-5227 today so we can talk about getting you started in a business of your own. But that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to promote my products. I'm here to promote uh, the CKCK, CKCC, I'm going to get it right, CKCC Patreon account. And you know why I'm I'm promoting it? Because it's really good. Not just really good. It is really, really good. And and all, all kidding aside, I really do appreciate all the hard work Chris and Dan have put put into the um, the Patreon account. You really need to subscribe to this. Seriously, it's it's worth your money. Five dollars gets you through the door. Ten dollars gets you a seat at the table. That's how I like to look at it. And the reason I really want to promote it is because. They put their heart into it. And I'm not just saying that. They really do. Like, I'm I'm in the $10 tier. Okay, I pay $10 every month, and I feel like I'm getting more than my money's worth. And let me explain why. I made a suggestion a while back that they watch rap videos and review. I didn't think nothing of it. I just was like, I'm go- here's what I honestly do. Two white boys don't know much about rap are going to sit back and critique rap music. And let's just hear what comes out of it. What I did not expect was the, the, the heart and the, they, they pay attention to details. They try to, they don't just listen to the song. They try to understand the song. They try to understand what they're rapping about. They try, they, they take it seriously. And I really, really appreciate that. See, here's something y'all don't know. When I was little, I was, I grew up in an all white neighborhood and I was one of the few people that listened to rap and I kind of got made fun of it for. Oh, you listen to that? Boom, ba-chat, boom, ba-chat, that type of stuff. That's the type of stuff I heard when I was coming up. So then you got Chris and Dan who are actually sitting here and trying to understand what's going on and not just hearing the beat, but trying to understand what the rappers are saying, what the rappers are talking about. They can appreciate the style that they're rapping. They can appreciate the flow that the rappers are bringing to their table. And they are genuinely giving their honest criticisms about what they hear. You know, not just what they think they hear, but what they actually hear. They're listening to it. You know what? That that means a lot to me. So all I'm going to tell y'all is you need to subscribe to the CKCC Patreon account. All right. That's what that that's that's coming from my heart. And I'm being for real when I say that. And I mean it, and I truly appreciate Chris and Dan for all the hard work that they do on the Patreon. It's not just the wrestling, it's the heart. That's what I really appreciate. So thank you guys for all you do. Keep up the good work, and as as long as I got the money, you'll have the money. That's it. Talk to y'all later. Hey, Matt Hardman here, host of the Race Nerd Podcast, uh, showing some love for everybody who's come to the doors of the Kayfabe Cafe here on Club Cafe Russell Talk, 380 episodes, seven and a half years. 
everybody from Brazza Ramon to Nathan Jones reading Reading Readies uh, to Facebook comments. Oh my god, some of those were atrocious and made me question the English language. Um, to POC um, and everything in between. Uh, it's been one hell of a ride and I hope that you guys enjoy your new venture with the nerd table. Uh, it's always it's fun listening to that. As much fun as listening to this show. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of you guys on the Patreon show. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, there would not be a race nerd podcast to speak of. So, I'm going to leave you with one question, and one question only. Does anybody want to buy my Braden Walker box set? Has it been used? Still sitting. Anyway, I look forward to hearing more of you guys in the future on the Nerd Table. Hey, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. This is Jeff Trout, host of Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks. Now, I'm going to do my best to not make this sound like it's a high school yearbook signature. But I did want to thank you guys for the memories. And yes, leave the memories alone. But you guys gave us years of entertainment and knowledge. And I hosted a podcast for the very first time back in the day that Pat was still around. It was Chris, Dan, Pat, me, and Melissa Hetfield. In fact, the name of that episode was There's a Girl on the Show. I will always remember that. That was awesome. I had so much fun doing it. I guest hosted several times throughout the years, even to the point that I was going to be one of the uh, the replacement hosts, hosts when Pat left. I was up for that and always sad I did not win that. But I move on because I now host two great shows on the network and I enjoy them. So thank you for the years of entertainment. And uh, also have a bitchin' summer. And welcome everyone to the series finale of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk here on CKCC Radio, our 380th episode, along with 15 specials. It has all come down to this: the end of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. I am, for the last time on this show, Chris O'Mealy, joined for the last time on this show by Dan Peck. Leave the memories alone. That's going to be the theme, right? We got to play Leave the Memories Alone. Just the whole. We'll, I'll just edit it in so it just plays in the background the whole time on a continuous. You'll loop. never change. Oh, God. You'll never change. And we can't do a series finale without at least someone from the past making their appearance. And I know you guys have missed him. So please welcome back to the show, just in time for the show to end, Mr. Glenn Kukan. Wait, who? Yeah, I know, right? Who's that guy? I don't remember him. The guy who decided that having a job was more important than doing a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> it is, it is. I also probably would have made the, the same decision, so. But yes, I am here to help close out the show. And we appreciate you coming back. We did reach out to Mr. Patrick McDermott. To invite him back, unfortunately, he is living a very busy life these days with his customer service job and also and now an expectant father. 
Yay! So we missed Pat. We would have liked to have him back, but uh, but you know, sometimes not all the cards are going to play out here. But maybe we'll have him on future episodes of the Nerd Table or something like that. So as I've mentioned before, leading up to this final episode, the plan moving forward is that Wrestle Talk will now be an exclusive patron show. The patron format is simple. Dan and I review a classic wrestling show every week, and then we do music video watch-alongs, an idea that came up with by Mr. Adrian Cotton, one of our patrons. He decided to give us rap videos just to, as, as he says in his own words, as you'll hear in the intro to this episode, he did it just to get two white boys to listen to rap. But he ended up loving what we did with it because we tried to analyze the song and understand it and appreciate it. And Dan and I enjoyed doing the music video watch-along so much, we started doing our own music videos. I remember Dan chose Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, like, right off the bat, which is such a classic video. Like, one of the greatest music videos ever made. <laughs> um, I did the, uh, the Alien Ant Farm cover of Smooth Criminal, which is just a big mock of all of Michael Jackson's tropes in one video. You know, so there's always something fun to, to throw in there. And we do take requests and everything. And if you guys do want to continue listening to the wrestling stuff, go to patreon.com slash club kayfabe and sign up for only $5, as Mr. Cotton said. $5 gets you in the room and $10 will get you a seat at the table. But we don't have to, you don't have to sit at the table. You can just hang out in the room with us. There's no obligation to sign up for the higher tiers other than to be more interactive with us in the future. But... I'm not going to go into big plugs this week because you already know what's going on with CKCC Radio. I just want to remind everybody that Girls Who Like is coming soon. Megan and Zoe are going to be discussing MMA, pro wrestling, video games, horror, and other stuff that girls like that are <coughs> the non-so-common tropes. You know what I mean? They're very entertaining people, and I think you're going to really enjoy that show. That'll fill the gap here. <coughs> Before we move on too much, get into our, because we're going to bring back some surprises for you guys, I want to just talk to the two of you about your, your favorite memories of actually doing this podcast. And Dan, I'll start with you, because you have been here since that literal day one is H. <clears throat> Man. The actual day one. When, uh, you remember how the show even got started? It was, uh, Pat was doing the other radio show, right? And then yeah. he left the show because he couldn't stand working with them anymore. It I was had... awful because I was listening to it quite often. And when it came to the Rock versus John Cena, it was not great. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And Pat, Pat was just getting frustrated because, remember, he told me they would bring in guests like Jesse Sorensen. And they'd be interviewing him. And then the guy who was hosting the show would just leave his computer and go do stuff while he was talking. And I always said, found that to be so rude. Yeah. Like, when we had Dan Madigan on the show, I never left. I was glued to my computer. Because <laughs> I love that we did that interview with him. I never understood... Ne never understood that one, personally. Uh, why you would do that. But I had always wanted to start a podcast, but I didn't really know how to do it. And when Pat decided to kind of <clears throat> take the reins on his own thing, I just hopped on board with it. Because I was like, well, good. He's already got some experience doing it because he had he had even actually done some of the editing and and the uploading. Like he kind of did some of the tech work. So he already knew what he was doing. 
So it was a no-brainer for me to just jump on board because then I could get my feet wet and become a podcaster like I am now. Uh, Dan, how did you originally get involved? Were you recruited or did you actually, like, contact Pat and say, I want to do this? Uh, well, if you remember, even before that, there was a time where you and Chris Nietzsche were going to do a show and you wanted me to be the third. I actually do remember that. I usually forget about that. And then that never came to be. <laughs> so, yeah. Chris well, Nietzsche. Pat and I have known each other since, like, 05, 06. Uh, but have known each other known known each other more since late '07 when I got a my Xbox 360 and we started hanging out like almost every day. Yeah, because you were you were a message board boy, right? Yeah. So we got we knew each other because we listened to the Smart Wrestling Fam. But anyway, uh, back then too, I was doing a show, but it was like before podcasting. That's, and it's all that's crazy right. stuff. Um, but. I think he just asked me, like, at one point, it's just good to do a show. Well, I think and that, you were part of it. Yeah, I think that was the thing was, like, he was expressing his frustration, and I was like, I've always wanted to do a show. Why don't we do something? And he's like, well, yeah, and let's get – and I remember, I think he even said to me, let's get Dan on board because he really wanted to do something with you. And you guys had talked way more than you and I had even talked at that point. So yeah. – because you guys, and I talked almost every day for like four years or something like that. Yeah, there, there you go. You probably, you probably talked to Pat more than I have in my lifetime, and we went to school oh. together. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, Glenn, do you remember how you became involved with the show? Uh, Pat was leaving, and you guys needed a replacement, and I kind of always wanted to do it. So I was like, you know what? I'll throw my name in the ring, and uh, sure enough. I was the one who was chosen. It was. It, remember, it was like press one for Glenn, press two, <laughs> yeah. press two for Jeff because Jeff Trelowitz was interested. And press three for Ellis because oh, nobody was, wanted that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody pressed three. Actually, one person pressed three. It was Ellis. <laughs> Ellis pressed three, and the of only course, reason that was that was all just a gimmick. Of course, we just we're looking for a fit and a time bunch and the thing fit most of the boxes more yeah. than anybody else did. I would have so. been interested in doing the show with Jeff and with Ellis. Like legitimately <laughs> I would have, but you were, you had the easiest schedule to coordinate with. Um, Cause at the time Jeff was working a job that I remember his schedule wasn't so friendly and Ellis, I don't think he was a father yet, but he was a little, he was, he was kind of out there with his life too. And you were the one you were like, well, I work from home, so I'm already here. Like, it just worked out. It just worked out that way. Yeah, everything was flexible. You know, everything was working out just fine. And you know, a few years down the road, then kind of everything fell apart. <laughs> yes. Well, as we know, twenty twenty hit everybody pretty weakly. But the reason we're ending the show is because the uh, the first of obviously yes, Pat was the first dropout. But um, the second dropout actually was going to be Dan. At the end of last year, in 2019, Dan had expressed interest to me in just ending the show because you weren't really feeling it anymore. I remember we had that conversation. And I remember I kind of encouraged you to stay on board long enough to either find a replacement or to kind of send you off the right way. And then almost immediately after that, uh, 2020 got crazy and Glenn had to drop out because of work. And things got nuts. 
And then, so Dan kind of just stuck around to do the show. But then I kind of was in the same boat too. I wasn't feeling it anymore because really when I dropped, I I, I always say it was COVID, but the reality is when I dropped cable, I just kind of stopped watching wrestling on a weekly basis. And I would either only watch highlights or I would read stuff. And then I stopped following it almost altogether. And we got to the point in 2020 where we didn't have Glenn. Uh, Dan and I had both pretty much stopped watching anything except for the occasional New Japan stuff for Dan. And for me, it was basically whatever was on the network. I mean, for a while, I was watching NXT and Dynamite, and then I dropped both of them. So, the main reason we're ending the show is because, A... We've all kind of lost our passion for just doing a pro wrestling based podcast, and that's unfair to the fans to keep doing something that you're not really feeling about feeling it anymore. Uh, B, I wanted to expand our horizons and talk about more stuff, and doing the nerd table kind of became my new passion. That became my favorite show, and after like the first episode, Dan's like, "I want in on this." So, which the funny the funny thing is, I remember you and I talking about something in this similar vein. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, when Dan was actually talking about dropping out, we were like, well, why don't we just rebrand? We were talking about that. And then United We Fan happened, and that became the nerd, sh- the nerd show on the channel. And then they left to go solo. And I was like, well, screw it. I really want a nerd show on this network now. I'll do it myself. And Blackjack and Hooker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In fact, forget the podcast. And I recruited Eric because – now, this is actually funny because this is going to tie into the, what, what's happening with the nerd table. I recruited Eric because he and I hadn't really been talking that much ever since we, we, ever since we had both left Disney. We were kind of – we stayed in touch but never as much as we wanted to. And I was like, how would you feel about doing a podcast? Because I noticed one of the things that Eric has a lot of things going for him on social media – is he gets a lot of engagement, right? He'll post stuff, and a lot of people are paying attention to it. And I was like, well, shit, more people know Eric than know me. I was like, so if I'd started a podcast with Eric, I bet a ton of eyes would be on it right away. And a general nerd topic show just seemed like the right fit. And I remember launching that pilot episode and getting inundated with responses Probably more so than we had ever gotten in the entire run of Wrestle Talk, and it was in that moment when I was like, "Club Kayfabe is done at the, at at 2021. Club Kayfabe well, is done. It's an easy choice, <laughs> given the fact that you can cover a whole lot more ground. And really, wrestling fits the aspect of the nerd table because we've even talked about sports on it. <clears throat> and yeah, wrestling's nerdy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then. So when Dan heard that that's what he wanted, Dan was like, I want to be on this show. Uh, we we did the, the test pilot to make sure that Dan was a fit, and we got positive responses. And then Eric comes to me, and he goes, hey, can my buddy Matt be on an episode this week after we played Among Us together? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then Eric goes, yeah, so would it be okay if Matt joins the show permanently too? And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I said, four of us together will make for an interesting show. Because, I mean, I always listen to Sidecast. There was always four of them. 
and they they did it really well. They didn't. They have good chemistry and everything. They cover a wider a range of topics. So I said that's perfect because now we have people who can talk about stuff. Like if Eric and Matt talk about anime, that's not really something that Dan and I are going to be so versed in. But then if we do talk about something like superheroes, the three of them can go nuts with that. And maybe I really can't. But then I can jump in and talk about wrestling. And Dan and Matt can both talk about that. You know what I mean? There's always a combination of things to really talk about. And even something I'm not interested in, I'm fascinated by, and I want to learn about it. But it turns out Eric and Matt had actually talked about forming a podcast when they both still lived in Florida and both worked for Disney. It just never came to be. So... We're going to end up, Eric and Matt are going to get to live their dream and podcast together. And Dan and I get to keep podcasting together. And we all become a big podcasting family. We're the vets and they're the rooks. The blue chip prospects. I mean, I guess so. But, and like I said, the the, the reviews I get on Nerd Table, I've never gotten a negative review about Nerd Table. Everybody loves it. They they love our chemistry. They, They laugh. They respond to the stories. So... And for all of our Club Kayfabe people, I did create that group on Facebook. It's the Nerd Table fan community. It's facebook.com slash groups slash the Nerd Table pod. And the Nerd Table pod is the keyword I'm using for everything. It's our Twitter handle. It's the actual Facebook page handle. I'm trying to make that the brand. You know what I mean? The Nerd Table pod to hold on to that URL. So you guys can join that group. And once you're a part of the group, you can interact with us. And if you've enjoyed playing Points or Consequences, guess where you can play it again? Because we're going to start doing a game like that on the Nerd Table. I think I'm going to wait till Matt joins the show and gets acclimated. And then uh, we'll, we'll look into start actually doing that as a, as a show, as a, as a segment. So yeah, you can still play everyone's favorite game from Club Kayfabe. There you go. And it'll be a much broader array of topics because it won't just be about wrestling. Exactly. And we do have a, a fun POC game to play on this show here where people wrote reviews. And uh, we'll, we'll do a joint effort to award points is going to be the thing I'm going to go with here. There will be a joint effort, which means we can all agree to disagree on your points. And... The only thing we can't do is assign points to ourselves. That's always been the rule. Fucking Ellis. <laughs> yeah, I was... points. So real quick, let's go back through some uh, some show some of our fonder show memories. Uh, let's talk about our old pal Antonio real quick. He <sighs> became a ca- oh, you know, I had to bring it up. I know, <clears throat> and I want to say this right now. Antonio is officially retired from the podcasting world for me. Unless he's actually relevant to the topic in the nerd table, which he probably never will be, I'm going to officially retire that because he and I haven't been friends for a few years now. So there is just no way in hell that I'm going to keep talking about him. It's actually yeah, being... A- I've been no, he's been not in my circle longer than he was in my circle, so... <laughs> So yeah, so let's let's stop beating the dead horse. People don't want to hear his name anymore. But he did make for very interesting subject matter on this podcast. And the thing is, every single story we told about him was true. We've never made up an Antonio story before. 
he really was that petty with what he thought about women. And he really did, like, turn off the video game when he wasn't getting his way. And rage quit stuff. Like, that. we didn't make that up. He did smell like nine wet dogs. Which is the epitome of terrible. <laughs> Which is what you smell like when you live with nine wet dogs. I literally met him once and never wanted to meet him again. Where did you meet him? Yeah, I ran. I bumped into you guys at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania. That's right, in the parking lot. Yep. When Joe went over to say hi to him and he just went, hey, and just no-sold it. WrestleMania Ninja? NYNJ? Yes. They didn't have a number, <laughs> it NYNJ. It was WrestleMania Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I also attended WrestleMania Palm Tree. And I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, our debut episode for Club Kayfabe, before it even became Wrestle Talk, was May 15th, 2013. At the time, where were you May 15th, 2013? I was still living in Orlando and working for Disney at Interventions at Epcot. And I was newly married. Fresh off WrestleMania 29, actually. And newly married. God, I want to say when you guys started the show and I listened to the first episode, I think I was actually in Germany at the moment. That's awesome. But I was living in New Jersey. Guten Tag. <laughs> That's, so, yeah, so you, I moved north, you moved south. Yes, I did. We, and we passed each other on the way because I've actually been through your area now. Uh, and remember, Pat's journey was he was living at home in New Jersey. He actually moved to Atlanta to work at the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And then that's why I left the show. Yeah. Then when he when he got married, he moved back up north to New York to settle with his uh, with his wife. Yeah, which is like where I grew up. So, yeah, he went. <laughs> so I left Glenn and I left our home state. Pat went to where Dan used to live and Glenn went to where Dan currently lives. <laughs> and all Dan did was move rooms. Yeah, move. <laughs> yeah. You told that story on the last episode. Yes. Um, I love doing the Fabe Awards and we can still do year-end awards and everything in the group. No, we just do, you know, more broad stuff with your <clears throat> table awards or whatever. Right. And only do like a couple wrestling theme ones. Uh, and just do the do the big heavy hitters. Match yeah. of the year, wrestler of the year, show of the year. Yeah, basically. And you can stick that around with what your favorite video game was and your favorite movie from the year. <laughs> well when the pie crust was happening, which also happened with Club Cafe because you and Mike formed a podcast. Um, yeah, it was literally like after episode two, I was like, you know what? I want to do a nerd show. <laughs> yeah, that was the first nerd show that was that we had an affiliation with. And you guys did your your top your top fives at the end of the year, your movies, your games. Yep. And I remember you always invited me on, but I remember there was like the one year I was like, well, I haven't played five video games this year, so here's what I did play. But yeah, the uh Oh god, the uh Disney hadn't acquired Star Wars yet, I don't think. But they had acquired Marvel. They had acquired when, Marvel. That was the first Avengers movie was the first one that was Disney. Yeah. So that was 2012. 
But we had we did our special with Dan Madigan, which was a lot of fun. We had Joey Image on as a guest lots of times. We've had Jeff Trellowitz on. We've had Jason Shin on. We had Denz on. Remember that episode? <laughs> I still go back to that episode. It was episode 31, Gold Coat Hanger from December 13th, 2013. Two days before Dan's birthday, Denz had to just come on and ruin everything by having a crappy microphone. We had Image on, tons of episodes. Uh, I actually stopped keeping track of guests after a while. <clears throat> we used to have him on the week after pay-per-view. Yes. Like, for a while. Um, we had Ellis on. We had Melissa on. Uh, Jay Winger has been on the show before. Um, we've had Mike Underwood on to promote uh, what to promote Extra Life, which is how we got involved with it. And as far as I can tell, the entire run of the podcast, as much as I can put on, will uh, I will make sure it goes on our patron page. 100% make sure. <clears throat> no edits or anything. I'll there's, going to be, there's going to be spicy content. And technical issues. Spicy. I went through like a whole year of tech issues. So, I will yeah. say this. There is still no moment that I laughed harder, like in tears, than Jason Shin pissing out the window. Holy fucking Christ. We all laughed at that. Was, I was literally listening to the podcast crying in laughter. And that will never be duplicated. So, <laughs> No. Oh, I found uh, our, uh, I found Pat's last episode. It was April 16th, 2016. Episode 146. The episode was entitled Goodbye Panties. And after that, so... Glenn, I actually think you were on the show longer than Pat was. I might have been. I think so, because if Pat was 2013 to 2016, you were 2016 to 2019. It's about the same length of time, yeah. Just about the same length of time, so. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we always did the wrestling specials for WrestleMania. Of course, we always had we always had fun with the Fabes. We did those two specials last year where we did the regular awards and then the host choices. That was actually pretty cool. And then uh, we launched the VIP show this year with our review of Wrestle Kingdom 14. And since then, we've reviewed Royal Rumbles. We've reviewed, uh, looking at some of this other stuff here, we did Starcade 1983. We've done... A couple of them weren't even classic stuff. We did, we did the TakeOver or the the AEW pay-per-view, but then we started kind of focusing more on the the regular stuff. We did WrestleMania 4, which was a lot of fun. I got to re re relive my first ever episode of Raw. And that's the thing, like, like for Glenn, we're going to have you on as a guest in the future so you can do some of the shows you've been to. Yeah. <clears throat> we specifically didn't do SummerSlam 97 because we wanted to make sure you would be available for it. Yeah, because that, that was a great show. Highway to Hell. The Highway to Hell. And we've done the highest rated episode of SmackDown, which was garbage, and the highest rated episode of Nitro, which was meh. Like, just so, just because it's the highest rating doesn't mean it was the best content. It means it had one good moment that caught everybody's attention. 
a single solitary good moment, and the rest of it was trash. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Well, the SmackDown one was literally just stay tuned because Austin's here. I swear he's here. Yeah, and then he shows up the last minute, and he might not have even actually been there. They might have shot that whenever the fuck they wanted, but they did it. <laughs> but they they fucking did it. So. And yeah. that show was here in Charlotte. <laughs> this was a this was a hell of a journey, though. And I honestly, like, yes, we had tech issues. Yes, we definitely had spicy content. But honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and change anything. Oh hell no! Because you when know you were what? talking about you were still in your twenties when we started. Yeah, I was. I was twenty eight. I was I was thirty for like you know five months or something like that. So. <laughs> And that is really nuts to think about, like, that change in general and how we've all, we've gone through birthdays and everything else. And it's just like, damn, like, we've all, we all, we've all been aging and evolving with the show. Hell, I'm 40. There you go. Glenn hit the big four zero, which I am. Well, I'm on the back half of the 30s now. I have been for the past year at 36 on Tuesday, so. <laughs> I'm going to be 38 in a month, man. Yeah, so. We're not too far behind. We're getting there. I'm 50, and I can kick, stretch. <laughs> you can just boogeyman it and say you're 30. <laughs> That's true. Who the fuck are you? At least fifty. Which means he's yeah. Which means he's in his fifties now. <laughs> Thirty. Yeah, I've... he'd be in, he'd be in his mid fifties now because that was like oh <laughs> four. Uh, I have one piece of wrestling news I want to quickly discuss on the show because we didn't get a chance to discuss it yesterday because it broke after the recording. I know this is uh this this is airing a week after we're recording it, but. There was news that Aleister Black actually wanted to be sent back to NXT, and they told him no. And an interesting story to break right after the release of Zelina Vega. So terribly rough. I know. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, this is a... And that's another thing. Like, I'm getting... The whole thing with wrestling is, like, Raw and SmackDown, to me, have become just unwatchable garbage. NXT bores me now because I don't like their the two-hour format and I don't think they it flows as well. I stopped caring about the AEW product because I don't it doesn't cater to a fan like me and I don't like what they do with it. I stopped watching NWA Power when they fired Corny. And not just because they fired Corny because the show felt like it lost something. Yep. And... As I've said, it's before, okay because there was only like three more episodes after that. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Equally true. And then, like, <laughs> I can't really watch Ring of Honor because it's too hard to get access to it. And... Oh, that's funny! You made a joke there. You didn't even realize it. You don't have access to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time Impact takes a step forward and does something good, they also take two steps backwards on the same show. And that's been a theme for a while now. Every time they do something really good, you're like, hey, we we shouldn't be sleeping on Impact anymore. Then it's like, oh, God, really? Turning this off? 
Yeah. Well, it was like almost immediate. It was like, ooh, Tessa Blanchard's world champ. That's interesting. Oh, she's a total bitch. <laughs> and then it all boiled down to the whole New Japan thing, which, as I've said before, and I know people don't like this opinion, but I've always just felt a disconnect with the, the Japanese product, and may, I don't know why that is. And I, I always just found it a little more difficult to watch than other stuff, even though I, I really like the matches. So I don't watch a lot of it as a result. And it's funny you say that because I'm sort of in the same boat with everything else. Like Raw and SmackDown, don't watch them at all because it, it just bores the ever-living crap out of me. They're garbage now. They're absolutely NXT, garbage. I actually do still watch because I do enjoy it. Um, AEW just never hit home with me at all. And like you said, Ring of Honor is impossible to get your access to. Um, (laughs) Impact has been in the same boat for years. And realistically, the only thing that I do watch, whether it be in English or in Japanese, is New Japan. Because I very much enjoy just straight up wrestling. Screw the storylines, screw the feuds. Hell, half the time can't even understand what the hell's going on, but they put on good freaking shows. You know what? We're living in the wrong country to be wrestling fans. We should all just move to Japan. (laughs) Seriously, like, what are we even doing here? But yeah, that's that's realistically what how it's all boiled down for me, especially this year. (laughs) This year was when it really dawned on me where I was just like, you know what? I will stick to just these two shows and everything else can go pound salt. Yeah, I'm only watching New Japan. Yeah, I I know, like, it's just, it's so hard to... And I think that's the whole thing. My big problem, like, is I've really started discovering what kind of wrestling I like. And I enjoy the simple storylines based in blood feuds, which is why I've actually been enjoying watching so much old school stuff. Especially like NWA stuff, because the the storylines were simple. You fucked with me, and now I'm gonna kick your ass. Like that's all you need. Instead of all this cuck bullshit that they keep putting out, and then like, yeah. or you know, or Booker T and Edge feuding over hair products for Japanese commercial. Like it was I not even real. It wasn't even a real commercial. And then they feuded over their appearances on the weakest link. Like, ah, uh, just stuff like that always bugged me, and you don't, you don't always need it. And that's I, why I've liked... that, and that's why I've liked the Japan stuff because right. it's literally just, you know, I want to kick your ass, or you messed with me, I'm going to kick your ass, it's or hey, you've got a belt and I want it. The art of wrestling, yeah. And you know, everybody wants everybody wants to kill Yano right now because he's just been fucking with everybody. But it, you, and he probably you, only has one defense left before he is officially. <laughs> king of you can't kill the Yano. You cannot kill. Yano was one of the best, and like I know, like he never gets, he only gets like one stars and stuff. But it's just like, yeah, but it's so much fun, dude. I fucking it's love entertaining. That. He knows how to. He knows how to entertain anybody. You don't even have to speak his language, and he can entertain you. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Okay. It's just his his mannerisms, his the way he acts. It's just it works. 
It it's really simple. It's so, and, and it's the same. It's the same with Suzuki. Suzuki's the same deal, but on the opposite side of the spectrum. He's very simple, but he's going to kill you. <laughs> and he likes it when you try to kill him back. Suzuki's <laughs> gonna kill you. I love it. I love it. And that's that's part of the other, the other thing is like, I wanted to watch. AEW because they they promised me a sports based wrestling promotion and then they put on a show that was like 2000 era like Russo era Nitro with their goofy storylines and I'm like I don't want to watch this I wanted sports based wrestling and then when I found it what, what Ring of Honor has been doing this year it's too hard to get access to so it was I, I believe the time the timing was right and Dan wanted to end Wrestle Talk and join the Nerd Table like after the first episode. I wanted to to put it out till the end of the year. This was our compromise. <laughs> when I said, "All right, you know what?" Go to Chris's birthday, right? Because we we're gonna have. I've got the four day weekend, so I'll have extra time to podcast. It would just just make more sense that way, and that way. uh we can still do more points or consequences if we choose. You know what I mean? Like we can, we got the options. Or can just take a break. Or take a break, and that's. Probably Everyone does talk about Shin attempting to present a window. What about the time where Shin joined us and he was not hungover? He was still drunk. Yeah, and he, and he left to go throw up. He left to throw up. Yep. I and you know. heard every second of it. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, not yeah. for emetophobes that episode. Oh my god, yeah, Shin. A lot of people liked Joe as a guest, but I think in a lot of ways Shin may have been our best guest because Joe, you kind of know what you're getting with Joe. What was Shin? That went off the walls in every direction, every single time. Just like when he puke to the show. Yeah. Sometimes it was off the wall, sometimes it was out the window. You, you never knew what direction Shin was going Did in. you say it was to the window to the walls? <laughs> but you always knew it was going to go in a gay direction. <laughs> <laughs> there was always going to be gay jokes. There was always going to be gay jokes. He's always been the, uh, the king of that. <laughs> But that's the other thing is he's always had a good sense of humor about it. Without a doubt. As long as I've known him, he's always had a good sense of humor about it. So. So what we're going to do for you guys today is we're going to bring back some favorite segments from the past. Uh, A couple of them, actually. Um, I'm actually kind of leading three of them here, so... Why don't we start with uh, with one of mine? Y'all remember when Vince McMahon would use the Google machine? That became um, my favorite Twitter account. We would just read stuff that Vince Googled. <laughs> so he opened Twitter, I think it was Google. I think it was Google, exactly. Here is Vince McMahon Googling since October 1st. <clears throat> and there aren't that many of them, but uh, but I want to start here. Well, actually, yeah. So the very first one was, how do I twitch in all capital letters? Uh, next is a reply from 
from Andrew Yang, who was talking about how if he's not the Secretary of Labor, I'm pretty confident I'll have their number to go after these ridiculous classifications and blah, blah, blah. And Vince responds to that and goes, why is Jimmy Wang's brother giving me shit? (laughs) And I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Uh, Do I also own my electrician's Twitch? How to tell my Postmates delivery guy that I now own his cameo. (laughs) How do I get the Trump steroids? That one was in all capital letters. Should I make Seth and Ray feud on all three shows? That was from October 9th. That feud's been going on forever. All right. Remember when they broke up the New Day? (sighs) Vince Googled, should I continue my draft tradition of fucking over beloved talent on live TV? <laughs> on October on October 10th he googled can I have a season premiere of a show that never fucking ends <laughs> uh, here's yeah, that's what... never make it, and it's never at the same time like your season premiere if it's... you're gonna do one it should be the end of January when you show or it should be the raw after Wrestlemania yeah yes. like, it doesn't make sense to just randomly pick an episode and be like it's our new season I know Whatever. Well, that's as far as I know. That's actually network based. I know, but that's why it's stupid. The the, the networks in and of themselves are like, well, this is going to be your season premiere episode. Okay. Okay. Well. All right. This is one I actually liked and retweeted. Has Stardust Carney Mud Show been beating my son-in-law's boring ass work rate show for one year? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> it's NXT's only won a handful of times. It is really weird. Which is funny because when they do separate nights, the AEW rating doesn't go up that much, but NXT's like doubles. Because what everybody's doing is they're all watching AEW and DVRing NXT. That's what everyone's doing. Meanwhile, I enjoy NXT a whole lot more. <laughs> there you go. Why is Cody's entrance longer than Goddamn Undertaker? Jeez. Uh I this see it. In a soul. This was a reply to Shotzi Blackheart's roaring promo for Halloween Havoc, where Vince Googled in all capital letters, What failed awful WCW horseshit will my son in law drag out next? <laughs> all right. Uh, he's also Googled, <clears throat> Will Roman win an Oscar? <laughs> he Googled this during the Samoan feud. Is this Moana? I missed that one. Oh, fuck. I definitely missed that one because I would have retweeted that. God damn it. Uh, On October 28th, he Googled, if Trump loses, does he get his head shaved? That'd be funny. And if Vince actually did it, ah, revenge. (laughs) Everyone remembers WrestleMania 23. Do they? I mean, I do, but I remember almost everything, so... <laughs> and Linda's the one strapping him down to the chair. Oh, God. My man, the great Bobby Lindsay. What? Do we love Bobby? No. No, That's still one of my favorite videos of all time. All right. This was when they announced that WWE is going to do a multi-part Vince McMahon docuseries on Netflix. Vince immediately Googled, what the fuck is Netflix? 
right, here okay, are... who gave these people access to my life? You know that Netflix has existed for like 20 years? <laughs> yeah, I know. Remember when you were renting the DVDs from Netflix? I, I was going to say, do you remember going to the machines and getting DVDs that You're... may or may not work? Memba Blockbuster? I remember. For exorbitant prices. I know. Like I'm renting this, I'm renting this DVD from Netflix from this machine for twenty five dollars. Like why? You can buy that DVD for less than that. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> on Halloween, Vince googled three things: Why the fuck are all these kids at my door? Is screaming "fuck you" at kids a good treat? <laughs> And is this kid in a Hulk Hogan costume racist? Those are some great tweets there. Uh, these these uh, Google searches come from November 7th when they announced that Biden won the presidency. How soon can I get Trump on Raw? Why are strangers texting me Andrew Yang is coming for your ass? Can I kick Trump out of the Hall of Fame? Should Trump have picked Lashley as VP? I like that we're still talking about that years later. And then this was a reply to Linda McMahon backing Donald Trump about the the court votes. Vince Googled, is the voting legit or is it like Cyber Sunday? Oh, shit. (laughs) I I was like, oh, God, I remember Cyber Sunday. Dude, we should review a Taboo Tuesday for VIP WrestleTalk. The first one. You mean where they had the fucked up keyboard? Yeah, and it actually was on a Tuesday. So weird. They did two, two or three of those, yeah. All right, I've got just a handful more here. Did AEW make a WWE 2K game but for wrestling? <laughs> Which I got a kick out of that. <clears throat> uh, what bullshit reason will AEW find to get Cody's wife on TV this week? Truth. I know, that's that's like the ultimate vanity project, right? Is Brandon Rhodes. It certainly feels like it. And Vince Googled in response to Zelina Vega's I support unionization tweet, reasons for immediate termination in all caps. Kind of <laughs> fucked up. And uh, Vince McMahon Googling does follow five accounts. WWE official, Vince McMahon official, WWE public relations official, WWE creative humor, and Mark E. Extreme, which I am assuming is the guy that's actually behind the account. <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Yes. That was always a fun thing to do, but the first big segment we came up with on the show was the Facebook comment segment. Remember that, Dan? Do I remember that? I <laughs> oh, the headaches. Oh, but they were so much fun. And we're going to bring that back for today. What do you got, Dan? I've got the article posting about Zelina being released. Oh, no. And remember, these are all legit comments read verbatim on WWE's officially verified official Facebook page. Maybe written by you. That's happened before, right? (laughs) We found people. Because didn't Ellis used to do that shit to try and get noticed on the show? Yeah. And it worked. 
She is making that dollar dollar sign off Twitch and other stuff that they wanted her to stop doing. WWE is slave drivers. Okay. I mean, made an OnlyFans account. <laughs> WWE is slave drivers. I predict the WWE superstars will be going on strike soon to unionize. WWE is controlling Boer talent way too much in this day and age. <laughs> B-O-E-R. I don't know what that I'm is. I'm pretty sure it's in this day and age. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It could be like Boldface Live versus Baldface Live. She just brought a look to WWE. Same goes for that one called Lana. Bring back AJ Lee. (laughs) She was super talented. What are you talking about? Zelina can work. Seriously. So yeah, most of these are were uh, she was such a good heel manager and they were starting to use her as a wrestler. And then the other wrestlers are like, meanwhile, Lana and Nia and... I saw a lot of, you know, you you get rid of Zelina Vega, who's all full of talent, but you you continue to keep Nia around despite... You literally hurt somebody on Monday. <laughs> Mandy Rose, and yeah. Everyone's like, uh, they, have her, <coughs> they have her on the cheap, so... She's has great talent. WWE needs to get rid of Lana. She's has great talent. <laughs> I don't disagree with part of that. <laughs> like, I really think Lana's useless. By the way, so far, out of all the people so far that have written the word WWE, only one of them had it on all caps. Oh my God. <laughs> so it just looks like it says we? Yeah. Most of them have the first one capitalized, but not any of the rest that of That one drives me nuts the most. Because the all lowercase <laughs> thing, capitalize one. I can understand the all lowercase thing if you're just f- quickly typing at a keyboard, right? But that one doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Speaking of which, this next one starts with just a capital W, but the rest of the W and the E are not. WWE needs to O, as in just the letter O, something right. They just the letter R, losing wrestlers, and USA is mad at they. Because ratings, just letter R, low due to poor writing for Raw. Uh, that hurt. That one hurt. Yeah. That one hurt the fans' feelings. Maybe she can go where she will be. Nope, sorry. <clears throat> Maybe she can go where she will treated and booked properly now. <laughs> That's the other 90% of the comments. Welcome to AEW. And our last one, I had to end with this one. Bad news, comparable to the day the music died. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Not even remotely close to being the same. So I would say three musicians at the height of their popularity dying in a a plane crash at the same time. Mm. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Who out there is a fan of Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens? I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Ooh, baby. 
Oh, God. Can you just imagine Bad News Vera announcing, like, historically terrible events? Like, the Japanese. I, uh, yeah. Well, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> I figure no, that just... one's been long enough. I, I almost went the 9-11 route. I'm like, no, I'll do one a little bit older because that's a little... Nagasaki and Hiroshima, Japan. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> bad news. To anybody who didn't listen to the evacuation notices. <laughs> and I and I think about that every time we have a hurricane and everybody who lives on the freaking coast. Like, you were told. You know, and that's the thing. We need it's, Barrett it's, on the. We need to. We need Barrett on every news channel. I can understand the tornado because that's a little bit of a harder warning. They can form a lot faster. The hurricane, you have like a three days notice. Yeah. That's on you, dude. Have you seen these memes? It's the meme with uh with with gigantic fat Bart Simpson from uh. Mm. He, where, where it was, he washes himself with a rag, rag on a stick, yeah. And it's they're using him now as a as a meme to respond to wrestling stuff as the fat out of shape wrestling fan judging the wrestlers. And it's a screenshot of Brock landing on his head at WrestleMania 19, and then it's Bart going, Brock couldn't even hit a shooting star press. And I fucking love that that's actually a thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the only thought going through my head right now is quite honestly, Brock has more talent in his pinky finger than half the people who I would not fuck with Brock Lesnar. Not even half, then 90% of the people who criticize him. Brock will eat you alive and you will deserve it. <laughs> Especially now. Do you see his most recent look? He's like all he, he doesn't have like the full beard going anymore. Now he's like goateed. So he looks even more menacing. Uh, that's so weird. Like, holy crap. That's so, you know, that sh- shit's so weird. Like, I thought he was menacing when he had the full beard when he was doing the UFC thing. And, you know, like, that that just made him look like a, like a mountain man. But now you've got, like, the, the menacing goatee style Brock. And it's like, no, no, I'll, I'll pass, thanks. I actually, I actually liked menacing Mountain Man Brock for a look. Yeah, what he is. better than clean faced. I, yeah. I never liked him clean faced because he looks like a baby. Like He's a got baby. a baby face. Yeah, it's like I don't, I can't wear, I can't wear no facial hair because I look like I have a baby face, like Danny Lesnar. Dude, we love Danny, but he's the first one that'll tell you that he's got the babiest face ever. <laughs> It's funny, too, because we're playing Among Us with us, and he's got, like, this really deep voice that doesn't even match his face. (laughs) But he's the one that he'll tell me that all the time. He's like, yeah, I know. I know. But. All right. Another, uh, not not the most popular segment, but enough people liked it. So we're going to do one final one to wrap up here is we're going to do a fanfic for you guys. This was something that uh, that Pat was really into and sad he's not here. That's because he got to use all his voices. I know. And we'll we'll try to bring... You know what? Real quick, what are some of the, the, the best characters we've had? Like the character roll call. Obviously, Racist Vince was the popular one. 
But then we had Stone Fold, which was, that was me. That was a faux pas on my end that Pat just turned into a joke. Ventura. Eventually I had to run with it. Oh yeah, we had Je- we had Jesse Ventura, who always greeted his kids. <laughs> I locked up I out was, of the hole. I was locked in the hole. We had Brazza Ramon. Well, so my favorite from this is we had the hype John Cena, which was me, and then the cool down John Cena, which was Pat. <laughs> so Pat uh, was doing the, you paid your ticket, and you get to say what you want to say. And that was, I love chicken nuggets and tater tots! <laughs> which came from the fan fiction segment. Which is funny, because I know people who weren't a big fan of this segment, but they absolutely loved that joke and ran with it. Ha <laughs> ha! Chicken nuggets and tater tots! Good God. So, what we're going to do is we're going to do a fan fiction here. This one's called Sibling Rivalry. It's the newest WWE-related one on fanfiction.net, which is why I chose it. Uh, November 11th. So, as we record, this is only three days old. You know what? Before we do that, I want to do a big reveal. So, when we were on uh, Google Hangouts, and there was the, the noises that were made when characters would show up. Oh, yeah. Chris would just randomly make the noise, and Pat and or I had to be on the spot. <laughs> yes, that's right. I did that. <laughs> I caught you off guard lots of times, too. Well, because I actually really hated the noises, but I figured if we're gonna, you're going to make it a thing, then I'm going to use it against you guys. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> so, Sibling Rivalry was written by Fantasy Imager. Not to be confused with Joseph Imager. Here is the plot. Hey, Joe, do you have a secret to tell us? You write bad fanfic, dude? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well. Uh, hey, is that the doorbell? Is that the weather? No, I mean, uh, doorbell? What's your father's name? What's his maiden name? Yeah, fuck Joey Image. Yeah, what a... Uh, that, was a that was a very fun wedding, though. Very, very fun wedding. Good food. Good atmosphere. A lot of workers. <laughs> so. The best part was when Chris Decker got up on the on the stand to uh, to do his speech. He said, the first words out of his mouth were, I promised Chris O'Malley I wouldn't curse. And I started laughing because I actually made him promise that because he cursed at my wedding when he gave his speech. In front of all my friends and family, he's like, I love you. You're a brother. The Yankees blow. And I was like, dude, my fucking grandmother's here. He's like, I'm really sorry about that. I He goes, I, I realized it after I said it. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is a live microphone, pal. There's no edits. But I agree. We're live, pal. We're live, pal. So, I laugh, but I agree. <laughs> That's fair, but at least, you didn't, at least you didn't say it at my fucking wedding. Speaking of baseball, Glenn, you getting uh, excited? You getting a boner over there? Over what? Oh, yeah, the Mets, new, yeah. New ownership, they're cleaning house. Everybody's interested in going there now. Dude. Because no one's interested in going to Chicago now because the White Sox are LOL. Steve Cohen came in and said, we're going to spend money like a big market team like we should have been doing all along. Oh, yeah, you better believe I'm, I'm happy. You guys are about to have – chances are you guys are going to have – Five aces. Yeah, there's a good chance that you could have the the basically the last two Cy Young win uh, the, the last two Cy Young winners on the same team. 
Well, the last three, it's just two different people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be nuts. It's. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what happens here. I really hope that they can pull off exactly what they're they're planning to, or they're looking to plan to do. Because I've we've been me and a bunch of my work friends that are all Mets fans. We've been all saying the same thing for years. Like they they're in New York. They're in the like the the largest or second largest uh, market for baseball in all of the in all of the MLB. They need to spend like they are a big market team, and they just don't. So, off with the coupons, in with Cohen. Coupons. <laughs> anyway, we still on Impact? <laughs> exactly. Another one of our favorite running jokes. Popularized by a guest. Joe Amish, in fact. Are we still on Impact? Yep. Remember the one moment that made Joe laugh the hardest when we were reviewing the... Uh, the Gauntlet Battle Royal and Impact and Shark Boy came out with a nondescript bag and Joe said he literally spit his water out on his desk yeah. at work. I was covering the hardcore justice one night only. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, came out with like a bag a bag ass bag. Yeah. So I just wrote it was nondescript. For some reason he thought that was the funniest fucking line ever. <laughs> so uh <clears throat> the plot of our sibling rivalry fanfic. Chris is with AEW, and Emmy is with WWE. He wants her to come to AEW, and she is happy where she is at. Will Chris finally convince her to come to AEW with someone else's help, or will Emmy make her own path to WWE? Rated Fiction T, and featuring Batista, Chris Jericho, Drew McIntyre, and OC. And the disclaimer says, I only own the OC. By request for Yankees 01, enjoy. Emmy wants to make it. Emmy wants to make in the WWE, but her brother wants her in AEW with him. Will she make it in her own world or be sucked into his? Wants is, to make in the WWE, so she wants to shit in the WWE. Basically, right? yeah. So, who's gonna be Emmy? You've already decided. I'm Chris. I guess I'll be Emmy. Okay, and then we'll see. If... Glenn is all the incidental wrestler. Glenn will be everybody else. <laughs> I still can't believe that you are sticking to WWE. Oh, it's Chris snapped at me. Oh God, I already screwed this up. Well, this is your line, but I, I have to describe what it what it is afterwards. So that is your line. Oh, yeah, Chris snapped at me as I sat in his house north of Tampa. No, that, that part's... Okay, you said the actual words that were said. <laughs> I am the main narrator. Oh, I just realized she's doing the full fucking first-person narration here. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be even worse than I realized. So let's start again. All right. You say the actual uh, words that are in quotations, and I say everything else. Okay. I, I was always the narrator for this, so I always I kind of lost myself there. Oh my god, this is so terrible. I'm I'm reading ahead. Anyway, here we go. I still can't believe that you are sticking to WWE. Chris snapped at me as I sat in his house north of Tampa. I pursed my lips as we had the same conversation for the sixth time in a few days. I had come to visit, and instead of having fun, I was being lectured yet again. 
And I can't believe that you left them after everything he did for your career. I shot back as Chris spun back around to face me with a glare. I made myself. You know why I left. He snapped and I rolled my eyes. My older brother, Chris, had a long career in wrestling. He had wrestled for most of the larger promotions, including the newest one right now, AEW. And he liked it. I was many years younger than him. We had the same father, and I was the product of Dad's second marriage. Chris was pushing 50, and I was pushing 27. Chris hadn't been around much when I was really little, but I had created a bond with Jessica. He had been slow to accept that he had a little sister, but now we were really close. I wonder if this is real life, actually. Like, does Chris Jericho actually have an, a stepsister named Emmy? Is this a thing? Is this even supposed to be Chris Jericho? <coughs> yeah, it's supposed to be Chris Jericho. Wow. Jessica's his wife, his dad's second marriage. Yeah, this is... Oh my god, This is these people are so weird. Alright, back to... <laughs> Fucking weird fans out there, fucking stalking Sonya Deville and ah, oh, weirdos. All right, back to back to me. Just come to AEW. Cody already said he would take you. He said, and I fought the urge to roll my eyes. <laughs> Cody was just a pissed off man who found someone with enough money to help him make a point. Cody has always been nice to me, but I could tell that he was trying to prove something to everyone. I had nothing against the women in AEW. But I'd always wanted to be in the WWE. Chris, oh, this is this, this is, is Jessica. Come on, character. Glenn, this you're is... up. Oh wait, this is Jessica. <laughs> yeah, this is Jessica. You're up, buddy. Oh, sorry. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> Chris, leave her alone. She will decide on her own. She can make her own choices. See, this is the thing. If you're going to do almost all. Uh, <laughs> conversation you should do it like a movie script and not like this <laughs> <laughs> jessica said as she walked inside from the pool i was grateful for her right then because it meant he would shut up for a few minutes he got ready to say something but after the look he gave her he decided against it i smirked as he was put in his place well, i guess i'll just do it like that <laughs> You need to start getting stuff ready for the party tonight. She said, and he nodded. He gave me a look to say this isn't over, and I already knew that it wasn't over. <laughs> he wasn't right, going to let over. it go. He walked outside, and Jessica hugged me. Uh, he just doesn't want you to get screwed over like he did. She said, and I nodded. I knew that WWE hadn't treated him the greatest at the end of his run with them, but I had the hope that they weren't going to do that to me. I had already been with NXT for a year, and he wasn't happy with it. I had signed a two-year contract, so I knew that I had at least one more year, and I was happy so far. I hadn't gotten a contract to be called up yet, but I knew that took time. I was frustrated with some things, but I had friends, and I learned a lot. Chris and Dave had originally trained me, but NXT had helped me develop more skills. I was glad when the party started, and that meant that Chris couldn't bother me about it right now. I wasn't surprised to see a mix of people from both companies. I knew that neither WWE or AEW weren't a fan of their talent doing this, but the talent didn't care. They weren't going to fire them for it. 
Who wants this to is be, Big Dave Batista. So. Who wants to be Big Dave Batista? Well, no, I, I think this. No, I think this is you. I think this is Emmy. No, this is Dave. This is I've Batista. Voiced that and I looked up to see Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I, the voice from behind me is Dave. I turn around, it's Dave. The quotes are Dave. Oh, okay. Then I guess I'll be doing Dave too. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Why are you hiding in the corner? A voice said, and I looked up to see Dave standing over me. I smiled at him as he gave me a beer. He had helped train me, and he, while most people saw him as a Big movie star now. I just saw him as the guy who tripped and faceplanted getting into the ring one of those first days we trained together. I'm not. I'm avoiding my brother, I said, and he smirked. He just wants what's best for you. He said, and I nodded. He sat with me, and eventually a few more people joined us. I was having fun talking and drinking when Dave nudged me. I looked at him as he glanced toward the pool. I looked over but I had no idea what he was talking about. I saw a lot of people, but nothing stuck out. I'm lost here, Dave, I said, as he chuckled, as Natty shook her head. <laughs> it's Drew. He keeps looking over here. Natty said, and I looked again to see him glancing at us. He was talking to a few people, but was facing us. I shook my head and looked back at them. Y'all are full of it, I said, and they chuckled. Chris was very much Canadian. And I was very much Southern. He grew up in Canada, and I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. What the fuck, Whoa, is, ha- what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, wait. Do you still have a crush on him? He's here tonight. Sorry, there's no end quote here, so I didn't realize that that was me for a second. Natty said excited, and I felt myself blush. Natty would check on me in NXT... And we had bonded. She would work out with me, and I would hang out with her in Tampa. TJ was usually at the Performance Center, and she was with him. Oh, who? Dave asked me, and I shook my head. The last person I was going to tell who I had a crush on was Dave Batista. He was the first person who would make it a point to tell them to come over to us. No one, I said, and he shook his head. We are going to figure it out. Well, that's a great TJ. (laughs) (laughs) TJ said, and I was grateful that Natty hadn't told TJ who it was because that meant they wouldn't be able to easily annoy me with it. Or you could leave me alone, I said, and they all chuckled at me. Dave got ready to say something when Chris came over. I was glad for the distraction. I got up and went to get another beer. Hi, Emmy. (laughs) Oh, God. A voice said, and I turned to see Drew behind me. Hi, Drew. I managed to say back. He was imposing when he was standing next to you. And he had the bluest eyes. Beer? I offered him. And he chuckled as he took it. Thank you. He said, and I nodded. I turned to leave, but he followed me. Best Drew McIntyre ever. (laughs) Are you having fun? Oh, that's That's, him. That's him, yeah. Are you having fun? He asked me, and I nodded. Are you? I asked him <laughs> as he offered me to sit with him on a different part of the patio. I sat down and glanced over to see Dave smirking at me. I shook my head and turned back to Drew. 
he was talking about something in Tampa. I ended up spending most of the evening talking to him. And he wasn't a bad guy. We had more in common than I realized. <laughs> Drew, you ready? I'm afraid I've got some bad news. It's time to leave. <laughs> a voice said as we were walk- talking. I looked up to see Wade sitting there. Damn, I didn't realize he was there. I always found him really hot. <coughs> yeah, it's time for me to go. He said to me, and I nodded. I don't know who this is. I think it's supposed to be. I think it's Drew still. Can I have your number? He asked me, and I was surprised, but rattled it off. He texted me his and told me good night. I was still standing there when Chris sat down with me. Drew, huh? He asked me, and I raised my eyebrow at him as he chuckled. I'm not allowed to just talk to people, I asked him, and he shrugged. I just figured that you would be talking to Daniel. He's over there. He said, and I couldn't help but glance where he had motioned. And sure enough, he was standing over there. He was cash in AEW, and he didn't know I existed. I had always had a crush on him since he was in WWE. So fucking FTR is in this party? (laughs) Wait, I thought Daniel was like Daniel Bryan, and now it's Cash Wheeler? His... Uh, I can call him over, Chris said, and started to turn towards him, but I jumped up. Night, Chris. Good party, I said, and walked inside to hear him chuckling. I went inside and was happy to have a minute to myself. I was sitting there when my phone buzzed, alerting me to a new message. I opened it, and it was an email. I checked it to see what was (laughs) an email. (laughs) Miss Irvin, we are happy to extend a contract to you, the the WWE, for the Raw roster. It does say the twice. Please call the number below to schedule a meeting at the Performance Center so that we can discuss the further terms of your contract. I stopped reading at that point because I had to reread it all. I had just gotten offered a contract for Raw. <laughs> what will she do? Find out in, Tune in next week. <laughs> Apparently, there is a chapter two. Oh, dear Lord. And it ends with, how is Chris going to react? And I guess, oh, God, Cody's in the next one. And Brandy's in the next one. I was just going to say, there is a chapter two. There is. We're not doing it, but there is. Go to fanfiction.net if you guys really want to see this shit. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, this is just so bad. I understand why some people was a uh, were, were not fans of this segment, but I love ripping on the shit because here's the thing: this fanfiction.net, these people actually publish the shit thinking it's like the greatest fucking thing ever, and people love it. <clears throat> they absolutely fucking love it. This one has five reviews. Jenny98OK says, excited for more updates. Uh, World in Words says, I like this. (laughs) And then Skovko says, nothing worse than a family member trying to pressure you into something they want you to do. Getting weirdos. Uh, 
I think that's really all I can say. <laughs> Did you? Uh, uh, but uh, like, just fucking, fucking why? <laughs> like, what just? What just happened here? And, and, and honestly, that's the thing. Like, is these people legitimately one hundred percent believe? That this is good quality shit that they're producing. Keep in mind, these are the same people that would get AJ Styles tattoo on their side with AJ Styles. That is the creepiest fucking thing ever. Ever. (sighs) Alright. And now, for a little segment. (laughs) Tykey, look. It's in a book. It's Raiden Raiden's. Hey guys, remember me, Nathan Jones? I'm just sitting here with a cool glass of freshly lactated milk. I squeezed it from me own teats. Would anybody care for a glass? No, thank you. No. <laughs> no. I I heard you guys don't use the Gallagher gimmicks anymore, so I'm just gonna get some milk now. <laughs> no! Just all the no's! Please, God, don't. Alright. I'm not going to read the entire chapter of the WrestleCraft book, because it would be a lot of words. But I always wanted to eventually do the 25 worst characters in wrestling history. Now, yes, this book was published in 2007. And there has been a lot of crap since then. But really, has there been anything worse than the 25 gimmicks we're going to go down the list for? Let's find out. So I'll quickly do uh, some summaries here. At number 25 for the worst character in wrestling history, we have George Ringo, the wrestling beetle played by Bob Saber, the veteran Chicago's grappler who picked up a six-string guitar, adopted the moppy head up, the moppy-looking haircut, and just wanted to use the British invasion in AWA wrestling rings. Dick, I that. That's dumb. Dick the Bruiser came up with it. <laughs> but, unfortunately, basically, George Ringo became enhancement talent shortly after, and he was no longer in the ring. <clears throat> I wonder why. At number 24, we have another failed Brad Armstrong gimmick. This poor guy had a lot of them. This one was called The Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> the gimmick was of that of a kinder, gentler pedophile with candy cane <laughs> striped tights. As happy-go-lucky Brad flashed his pearly whites and tossed candy to the youngsters in the crowd. The The idea behind the, the gimmick was Ole Anderson was basically like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this guy. Have him throw candy to the kids. <laughs> And they're disappointed that it didn't last long enough so he could have his own talk show called Talking to Strangers. Oh, Lord. (laughs) At number 23, we have the artist formerly known as Prince Ayukia. Oh, God. Which, as we all know, is just Prince. That's basically what they did. So they're just like, basically... He became Prince Ayukia when crowds cry spring-summer tour 2000. 
<laughs> Same bizarre hats, striking lewd poses, and a love for all things purple. And along for the ride in the crappy red Corvette was one Charmel Sullivan, going by the name of Paisley. Hmm. Sounds like Velveteen Dream. I mean, um... Yeah. They wanted Purple Rain-like success. Instead, they got Under the Cherry Moon. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Although he did get a run with the Cruiserweight title. <clears throat> At number 22... We have a Billy Jack Haynes-failed character called Black Blood. Where they basically were like, let's bring in this Oregon legend... <clears throat> and do the Irish equivalent of Hulk Hogan taking off the red and yellow and joining the NWO as he traded in his famous black hat with the yellow trim for an executioner's hood and a battle axe. And they're just like, why did these guys always carry axes and chainsaws to the ring? They're like, we've done one fall to a finish, but we've never seen one amputee to a finish. Or, you know, off with their head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically lasted a month before Billy Jack Haynes got terminated. I mean, we've now seen an eye for an eye match, so... <coughs> they made that happen. Why not Why not? let's see somebody get beheaded? Cornette talked about that on his podcast. He's like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with Vince these days. He goes, if you presented that idea back to him when I was writing for him, he would have just looked at you and been like, how the hell are we supposed to sell that, pal? <laughs> yeah, rip his eye out. I like how Vince's voice gets more gravelly as he gets older. A lot of people do. <laughs> At number 21, we don't have to go into too many details here, is, of course, Bastion Booger. Everybody knows what a crappy character that was. Mm -hmm. They said, Mac and Singh failed, Norman the Lunatic failed, Trucker Norm failed, but Mike Shaw saved the worst for last. A flat, <laughs> slovenly pig of a man who liked to fart and burp and be the world's biggest slob. And they're like, believe it or not, him working as a heel was probably the wrong thing. Because if they had done the comical character, this is actually what Mike Shaw said. He said they should have done the comedy character thing. The kids liked screaming booger. It was like they were swearing and getting away with it. <laughs> but you know what, what Mike Shaw's original gimmick was going to be before Bastion Booger? This may have actually been worse. They wanted him to be a gargoyle from the sewers. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> And then, of course, we have, at number 20, the Repo Man. I liked the Repo Man. Fuck Everybody off. liked the Repo Man. They yeah, but the gimmick itself doesn't make any sense. No, he, was, he basically was a B-level Scooby-Doo villain with a little bit of Frank Gorshin's Riddler thrown in there. He had the Lone Ranger mask. And, of course, they said, yeah, they're like, to be fair, Barry Darso was given any goofy character, including Stuart Payne, the evil golfer. He played it to a hilt. So there you go. He, he walked, went up to a kid, said, look over there. And when the kid looked, he rode into the sunset on the kid's Schwinn. So there you go. <laughs> ah, another great story. At number 19, the Kiss Demon. Because Kiss, Gene Simmons was a marketing genius. He marketed everything. He was like the Krusty the Clown of the, the music marketing world. And they're like, they're like, basically, we imagine that Eric Bischoff tossed back some Jack Daniels and was playing air guitar to Detroit Rock City when he went, whoa, a Kiss wrestler would kick ass. 
You keep saying was. Gene Simmons is still like this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right about that. Kiss is a marketing ploy. They said they said Kiss had already done a guest appearance on Nitro uh, with a huge bombing because they wanted Limp Biscuit style rap rock at the time. And, and they were just like, well, they rumored to have lost basically a quarter to half a million on the segment. But then they were like, hey, let's get Brian Adams and dress him up like the Kiss Demon. And then Brian Adams was like, uh, no, that's not going to happen. They hate it. And so they shelved it. But then they're like, well, shit, we signed a contract that he has to make appearances. So fuck it. Where's Dale Torborg at? <laughs> put, put the makeup on him. And there you go. And they said basically he feuded with Norman Smiley. And that was it. <laughs> Do it anyway. <clears throat> At number 18, Papa Shango. Okay, I disagree there. They said Papa Shango is everything you'd ever want in a wrestling voodoo man. Big hat, furry coat adorned with skulls, white face paint billows of smoke. And also mirrors. Because it was all about the black magic. He made a jobber's hand catch on fire, made black goo ooze out of his uh, mean jeans head, and even made Ultimate Warrior throw up on screen. But they said, you know what? He would eventually ditch Shango and become something even more magical. An honest-to-God wrestling pimp. Yeah, see, I didn't like the pimp persona. I <laughs> love <laughs> At number 17, we have Outback Jack. With the mid-1980s seeing a huge boom in the U.S. for all things Australian, mostly because of Paul Hogan and Crocodile Dundee. I was just going to say. And... Men at Work and their Vegemite-fueled tunes. They brought in Peter Stillsbury, a legitimate Aussie, and introduced him to a never-ending series of television vignettes where he roamed the native land hanging out with Aborigines and drinking beer with cows. No joke, one skit involved him in a bar with a bovine downing some fosters. You'd think a guy who got liquored up with Elsie would get over huge, but you'd be wrong. The Aussie fad left as quickly as it came, and Jack went back to his homeland of Humpty Doo. At number 16, we have who? They were like, celebrities are often enticed to make cameos in the ring. <clears throat> we're almost wishing our number 16 entry chronicled a wrestling appearance from Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey. Sadly, he didn't. The masked Jim Neidhart was a play on the old Who's on First bit made famous by Abbott and Costello. And they're like, does this sound... They, they do the routine real quick. They're like, does this sound funny? No, wait, scratch that. Sound like a good idea to base a wrestling character on? No. It got old just typing it. Now just imagine listening to it on WWF TV for four weeks straight. Now don't, because even those guys got sick of it and it was mercifully killed. Wonderful. I'll read this next one in its entirety because it's short. At number 15, we have Duke Drossy. <laughs> Hailing... <laughs> Hailing from Mount Trashmore, here's more trash from the WWF's creative department, this time in the fork of the form of Duke the Dumpster Drossy. He was a wrestling garbage man. He would bring a trash can to the ring and yell, it's time to trake out the trash. Indeed it is. Need we say more? Next. There actually is a Mount Trashmore in Virginia. It was, it was a dump, and they grew grass over it, and it's like a public park. So Duke Drossy was a Virginian. I suppose so. As much as Cowboy Chris Jericho was from Casper, Wyoming. 
Hey, that's yeah, how we, we got. We used to go to Mount Trashmore like uh, once or twice a month, for, like the day. Hey, that's how we got. Uh, we got Molson to come out and be announced from Wyoming. Because I remember we were, I was sitting with him, and I'm like, "What? What do you want your hometown to be?" He's like, "What's a state nobody ever uses?" I said, "Wyoming. Nobody lives there." He goes, "Perfect." And I announced him. It was like Big Thunder, Wyoming, is where we build him from. <laughs> but you know what? Why not? Why not? At number 14, we have Isaac Yankum, DDS. They, they're like, you know, we could have been able to build, buy into the idea of a wrestling garbage man. Those guys are built big and bulky. But what about a dentist? One who comes to the ring to the annoying sounds of a dentist drill is his theme music. In the summer of 95, Jerry the King Lawler enlisted the help of his favorite dentist, Dr. I. Yankum, played by Glenn Kane Jacobs, to help him in his feud against Bret Hart. The reasoning behind the guys forming a partnership? Well, a week or two earlier, Hart had bested Lawler in a kiss-my-foot match, which saw the hitman shove the king's foot right into his own mouth. So, with the dental damage, he said, I'm bringing in my dentist. Why exactly Lawler chose a dentist who liked to cause pain is anyone's guess. Why exactly the WWF thought this would make for good television is also anyone's guess. <clears throat> Here's a fun one at number 13. Super Duper Mario. <laughs> if you've ever wondered if silly gimmicks were the sole property of WCW and WWF, oh, no, 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 a thousand times no. Stupid stuff exists in every wrestling promotion on the planet, no matter how large or small and no matter where it's located. With this in mind, does it shock anyone that Donkey Kong's nemesis Super Mario graced rings? No, wait, scratch that. It wasn't Super Mario. It was Super Duper Mario, a competitor in the old international championship wrestling. And he looked exactly like you would hope a guy named Super Duper Mario would look. The hat, overalls, and a little hammer just in case any flaming barrels might happen to come rolling his way in the midst of a match. The stinker of a gimmick also had a stinker of an ending as the guy behind ICW, Tony Atlas... Thought it would be funny to have the poor guy defecate in the ring and thus never be heard from again. Sorry, Mario, but our toilet paper is in another castle. <laughs> <laughs> number, at, at number 12, we have Dink the Clown. Mm. Everybody will agree that WWF was actually part circus, so with the introduction of Dink the Clown, it became reality. And they're like, this seems like, it seems like a potential for a disaster, but Matt Bourne made it work, because he was now, he was not just any clown, he was an evil clown. Demonic circus-themed music that would make Freddy Krueger wake up screaming for mommy. Ever the crowd pleaser, Doink always took time to pop balloons in kids' faces with a lit cigar, no less, or throw water or other slimy substances on people. Got mega heat on the clown. But... They were just like, well, you know what? As every great heel, let's turn those pops he got as a heel and make him a baby face. <laughs> Unless your name is Steve Austin or Roddy Piper, don't attempt this. So we got Dink, the smiling, happy, waving to the crowd, mini-me clone of Doink. And it sucked, 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 sucked. <laughs> At number 11, of course, we have T.L. Hopper. We all know what that was, the wrestling plumber. No need to go into detail there. <clears throat> At number 10, Mantor. Half, <laughs> ma half man, half bull, all shit. 
It said, but they did say at least the apparatus, the head apparatus, was pretty cool, even though it looked like something you'd see at Disney World. <laughs> so at number nine, we have. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm gonna. I'm just going to read this. What do we do with the Dungeon of Doom? They could have taken up half the spots here. So we're going to do an Oscar-like approach. Is it Ed Leslie's schizophrenic portrayal of a living pair of Zubas known as the Zodiac? The man-eating leprechaun called Brawn? The screaming-like Banshee's leader, King Curtis? The shark who wanted to eat the Hulkamaniacs? Nope, accepting the award is the Yeti. A <laughs> mythical creature who made his debut by breaking out of a giant block of ice in what appeared to be the world's largest mummy. Where he then dry humped Hulk Hogan. Yep. This is a Yeti. Uh, can't go into too many details here. We talked about this one. Number eight was Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> that should be number one. Well, we'll see where this is going. Uh, let's see if there's some funny things in here. Yeah. Basically, they said that. Uh, <clears throat> They said there's only one true giant, and that was Andre. Even though there were people who were taller, Andre overcame the inability to put on five-star technical masterpieces and would charm the Wu by keeping them in a simple yet enjoyable manner. And what of all the big men since then? Well, they sucked. They said Giant Gonzalez was the worst out of all of them. They say he didn't look like a menace. He just looked like an out-of-work basketball player. Which is what he was. The naked bodysuit was just. He only became a wrestler because they signed him. Turner signed him to play for the Hawks, and he sucked. And he's like, "Well, I'm paying you for something, motherfucker." <laughs> they said, "They said the worst part was the naked Bigfoot exhibitionist gimmick." Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "So the next time you're bored to tears by the great Kali, just be thankful that unlike Gollins, he's wearing pants." <laughs> At number seven, the Shockmaster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Fred Ottman. I feel so bad for him. They say literally, pity poor Fred Ottman. What an entrance by the Shockmaster from Jesse Ventura before laughing for five straight minutes. <clears throat> WCW tried to repackage him as lovable Uncle Fred, whose gimmick was that he was clumsy, but that didn't get over either. Nope. <clears throat> At number six, Saba Simba. It's just racist. Because they just, <laughs> yeah, when he left WWF when it was popular and then came back, they wanted to basically teach him his roots, teach, teach him revenge. So they said, you came back with your African roots. He would be barefoot, hopping around like he was on hot coals, and look more like an extra from a Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan flick. Hey, Tony, are unemployment checks really that bad? <laughs> Kiss Tony's motherfucking ass. At number five, Beaver Cleavage. God. The first gimmick to fail in the Attitude Era. This was, of course, Vince Russo going ultra retro. <clears throat> this was the issue because Thrasher kept on getting hurt. Chaz had to have something to do. They said the big thing that they failed was that after Chaz dropped the gimmick and then Mariana Kamlos became his girlfriend instead of the on-screen mother, they said they did a fantastically tasteless angle 
and where she was falsely accusing him of physical abuse. And no, shockingly, they did not rename him Beat Her Cleavage. Uh, number four. This story's been told worlds of times again. The Black Scorpion. For those unaware, they couldn't come up with anybody to feud with Stinger. So they created a new character because they couldn't get the warrior, who is what they wanted. Ole Anderson couldn't get him. And they claimed that it was going to be a figure from Sting's past. But then they couldn't figure out who to actually play him when the time came. So they just made it Ric Flair, even though Jim Hurd didn't want anything to do with Ric Flair. Uh, it's a terrible story. We could do a whole thing on that. We should watch The Black Scorpion. Because which, which show was that? That Was was that a Starcade? Yes, Where Starcade 90. Flair wrestles the match. Yes. At number three, The Ding Dongs. Jim Hurd wanted to create a Saturday morning cartoon-like tag team that all the young kids would fall in love with. Uh, on paper, he wanted a team to amuse the kids, but in reality, he got a team whose gimmick could have doubled as a baby crib jungle gym. Direct from Belleville, USA, come the ding-dongs, clad in the most awful bright fluorescent orange head-to-toe spandex this side of Sesame Street. They made their national TV debut at Clash of the Champions 7, Guts and Glory. We gotta review that one now. They didn't make their debut alone. They had bells sold into their seats, suits, and they rang a giant bell at ringside through the whole match. We watched a show with the Ding Dongs. <clears throat> we did. The culprits, longtime jobber Jim Evans was Ding, and we can't forget his partner in crime, Richard Sartain, who was cast as Dong. Yes, his name was Dong. Out of all the names that could Christian a supposed kitty-themed wrestler, this has to be the all-time worst. And the saddest part, the original idea was for the team to be a pair of Quasimodo wrestlers with humpbacks. That way they could never be pinned as they'd always have one shoulder off the mat. Maybe a guy named Dong wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> and of course, at number two, the gobbledygooker. We just oh, talked cool. about the gobbledygooker. But here's the best part. I won't tell the, what they write about, but they said, you know what? Let's assume it's an everyday occurrence for a humongous 10-foot by 10-foot prehistoric egg to just show up. Forget that Vince actually had us believe a turkey with human legs hatched in a wrestling arena. Vince, explain to us who laid the egg. This implies the existence of a mama gooker, and she's got to be about 50 feet tall. And she's probably really pissed off at the wrestling world after years of abuse her offspring has taken in print and on the internet. So they said, you can just imagine the 50-foot gooker being locked up and shackled tight and then escaping, cru crushing the, the, these authors' houses flat, taking a five-star dump on Dave Meltzer's house, and then grabbing Dixie Carter and scaling WWE headquarters in Stanford. And you know what? If it doesn't exist, well, we just gave you the bulk of your new WWE films, Godzilla King Kong-style smash em up monster movie. Hell yes. <clears throat> and the number one worst gimmick of all time, the only gimmick who could be arrested and found guilty for murder in federal court, is the Red Rooster. The career-killing gimmick of Terry Taylor, whose career was on the upswing until... The Red Rooster gimmick killed him for good. And they said Terry made it worse with the fucking hair and everything. See, I, I would 
still put Giant Gonzalez as number one and shift everybody down one. I, well, I mean, he did make the top ten, so it's not like they're not really with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Brother Love still believes that it would have worked if Terry Taylor had gotten more into it. And I'm like, bitch, he got more into it than any other being played, whatever it was. Bruce Pritchard is kind of a dumbass with some aspects of shit, and that's definitely one He's a guy for me. He's like Cornette. Like, I like hearing him talking about shit back in the day, telling about telling us about things back then, but I'm not really interested in his opinions on modern day gimmicks or current thing. I just Sometimes want, he's I got it for the history, not for the Sometimes he's got a really good point, and other times he's just ranting to rant. Like, I agree that spots over psychology is not the way to go, because, but, I've, but that's how I like wrestling. But I disagree, because he insists that, like, intergender wrestling will never work, and I 100% disagree with that. It's actually not that hard to do. Lucha Underground did it just fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some of it that'll never work. Like, you know, take a Sasha Banks versus... <laughs> the giant that'll just never fly sasha banks can't wrestle the undertaker and have it be realistic i get that but But becky becky lynch becky lynch could wrestle aj styles and i bet you they'd have a great match or for that yeah yeah or like any of the like charlotte could wrestle uh uh freaking seth you know like if they're of relatively equal size yeah they they could make it work and then some but yeah, you couldn't you couldn't take uh, you couldn't take Lana and the Undertaker, you know you couldn't you just couldn't it wouldn't work. You can't even or, take Lana against other women; <laughs> it's, that doesn't work. Or the SBR <laughs> game that made you fight Great Kali as Mickey James because it was the smallest person in the game versus the biggest person in the game. Oh, I remember, remember. But like, I agree that. Some of the stuff, like, when he, when he breaks down and analyzes the psychology of a match, I can absolutely see where he's coming from. Well, I'll, and I'll give you a modern-day example. There is no fucking way in hell that, uh, what's her name? Um, the one who was champion in, in TNA, uh, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard. There's no way she was beating Cage. Not no, a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. You can't make that one realistic. And I think that's why it got rejected so hard. <laughs> if Zelina Vega took on John Cena, the match should end in less than a minute. She jumps at him. He ducks a little bit. AA, it's over. He kind of he kind of <laughs> toys with her a little bit, but then one AA would end it. Like, he literally just catches her. <laughs> I think you can do it. You just have to be smart about who you're booking them against. Yes, without a doubt. Like there are people that you could make this work. Mm-hmm. And then there's others that just it, it would be feasibly impossible. Like you couldn't take somebody even like me and put me in the ring with you know anybody or you know ninety percent of the WWE roster because they would fucking kill me. Yeah, you know their legs are the size of my chest. Yeah, yeah, but you're crazy. <laughs> That's why, you know, like, even even when I see Jeff Hardy wrestle guys, like, Jeff Hardy's not really a big guy. I mean, he's nuts and doesn't feel pain, apparently, but that could also but be it, the drugs. Well, yeah, um, but here's the other thing. 
You can make that happen by building Jeff Hardy as that never say die character who doesn't give up. And Which they did when they when they had him and the Undertaker do that ladder exactly. match. Exactly. So what you can do the same thing with a with a and I, I keep going back to Becky. You could do that with I can't use Rhea Ripley because she could probably kick half the guys' asses right now. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> um, take a, a Bailey. There you go. Bailey yeah. against like yeah Bailey against Roman Reigns. Roman should just spear her, and that should be the end of it. But if you really put her in that never say die thing where she's just she keeps getting back up with the struggle and Roman's just dumbfounded by this, you could make it happen. Also, like you said, what got Jeff Hardy over with the Undertaker is it wasn't a match match, it was a ladder match. Exactly. There's always ways to do it. You can make it happen. Make it happen. So yeah, no, that's even what... even in a loss, it made him. The other big thing for me is always, uh, um, like, going back to somebody like Vince Russo, somebody who I almost always disagree with. Just like, just like Corny, who I sometimes disagree with, but usually agree with. Vince Russo sometimes says stuff I agree with. When we did that thing where he was talking to Ryback on his podcast, another guy I can't fucking stand. How many times did I actually agree with them? It wasn't more than 50%, but it was way more than I'm sure a lot of people expected. You're always going to agree and disagree with people. That's the thing, right? You're sure. always So, but I think it always depends on the approach of how you how you do it. If I cr- nobody in our community agrees with my opinion of Kenny Omega, but that doesn't matter because I'm not asking anybody to agree with it. I'm asking you to see it from my point of view and understand why I feel that way. That doesn't mean change your opinion. That means go, oh, okay, I understand where you're coming from. But you know what? I disagree. Okay, then then we have nothing left to argue about. Is it really that difficult to have these conversations? I don't think it is. Shouldn't be. If I say that Bret Hart's entrance theme is the best one that was ever written, because I believe it is, and you counter back with The Undertaker's theme, that doesn't make me right and you wrong. You know what I mean? It doesn't... It it just means that, oh, yeah, you you think Bret's is the best theme? I can see that. It's really good. But I think Taker's theme was the best one. Here's why I feel that way. I'm, you're not changing my mind, and I'm not changing yours, but we can agree. By the way, is Takers your favorite? Because I just kind of threw that out there as an example. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, well then, good, that worked. I don't I don't even know what Dan's is. I think Dan's is the uh, All-American Males theme. Although I will say that in this current state, I'm still a huge fan of Champa's entrance music. Back when he had no entrance music? No, there's it's no one. <laughs> I, I really like his new one. <laughs> no one to be fair, I probably sang the American Males theme to you more often than I've sang any other theme. So. <laughs> American Males. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so real quick before we play our, uh, our points or consequences game, in the grand scheme of all things wrestling... Let's really quickly talk about because this is a good way to, to do a finale anyway. Who are we know we know Dan's is the rock, mine's is Chris Jericho, and Glenn 
I think you've gone. You've, you've, uh, you've said, you've, yeah, exactly. It's biker taker. No, it's not biker taker. All right. Do you guys have a favorite match of all time that you can think of off the very top of your head? A number one all time favorite match. Because the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that uh, Brett versus Austin at WrestleMania 13 is my favorite match of all time. I know it's my favorite WrestleMania match. I don't know if I've ever thought about it as an overall. I mean, there's so many more matches out there, but... I know, for me, the match that had the most impact uh, while I was growing up was Hogan Taker. Or not Hogan Taker, Hogan Warrior, WrestleMania six. Mm, that was a good one. Uh, because that was a that was just like it, like they said the two worlds uh, the two biggest names in the world colliding it's also a very historically important match but one of my favorite matches ever and we literally had just talked about it was the undertaker jeff hardy mm, that ladder match that was ladder a great match. match if you were going to do a top 10 list of the best matches that ever happened on raw i think that one has to be in there somewhere Oh, without a doubt. The only one, in my opinion, that might have beaten that one was Punk and Cena. Mm. Was that the hour match? Oh, no, I'm thinking of that Cena-HBK match where they wrestled for an hour when they had that. Yeah, because Randy Orton got suspended. Yeah, so they Right before that show. So they still still said, hey, Randy Orton soon, but then that match took the whole last hour anyway. Yeah. That was <laughs> I remember that. But that was such a good match. The uh <clears throat> I know it sucks because of the injury that came out of it, but that two man power trip versus Benoit and Jericho is one of the best matches in raw history. It's just that Triple H's injury kind of sucked the wind out of it. Yeah. Uh TLC four is always very fondly remembered. Although and then Triple H sucked the wind out of that. You're a murderer, Cade. <laughs> I'll have the footage next week. <laughs> we're going to watch that raw for a future VIP wrestle talk because we're going to cover the best and worst. And then we're probably going to do the Katie Vic raw the next week just to remind everybody that how much Triple H sucked during that period. But you mean my POC entry didn't work for a reminder? <laughs> 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 Katie Vick. Get you hot. <laughs> what are some of the worst things that you've ever seen in wrestling? You know what? My The worst thing I've always maintained that I've ever seen in pro wrestling, and I actually think it's worse than Katie Vick, because the only, the only saving grace for Katie Vick was it furthered a storyline and led to a title match. But they did this fucking segment, I think it was like 05, where... They fired Jim Ross, and then they did a colonoscopy segment to make fun of him for having, like, surgery. And, like, Vince was the doctor, and he just kept pulling shit out of JR's ass. And all it was... It's your own head! It's up your ass! (laughs) And I remember thinking this was the single worst thing I've ever seen in pro wrestling television when I watched it. Single worst. Yeah, it's so stupid, because it was like, he's leaving to get something taken care of. And so what did they do? They fire him... In storyline, and then they do an awful segment. I don't know. I think for me, it, it was more of a real life situation. Um, was that injury to uh, um, when 
Psycho Sid broke his leg. Oh. That was basically career-ending for him. Did you see the video of the wrestler breaking his legs, jumping oh, off the rope? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I posted it in the group. I, I will not rewatch that again. Uh, Sid's leg was pretty bad. That was... That to this day, yeah, you just see his boot flop over, and you're just like, "Oh fuck!" Oh, There's a fuck in there, isn't there? Oh, <laughs> uh, some of the worst was uh, Kevin Nash tearing his quad by running across the ring, where he just falls and just starts screaming. My quad! I mean, you watch Triple H's quad snap, and he finished the goddamn match. <laughs> that just. If that doesn't tell you the man lives for the business, nothing does. <laughs> what about Vince tearing both his quads trying to get in the ring at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> and he, like, I didn't know it happened when I finally watched that Rumble. Like, it, I don't think it'd been like fully public that that's exactly what happened. But I was like, oh my god, he just fell on his ass. And he, but to his credit, he still went with it. He just put his hands on his hips and made made the angle work. And yeah. the whole. The whole reason it happened was because Cena and Batista fucked up and fell out of the ring together and they weren't supposed to. And Kevin Dunn had a meltdown and then Vince had a meltdown. Now <laughs> 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 finishes to rumble because of all that. That's the thing. That's the thing is sometimes you gotta just embrace it and work with it, right? Instead of That's... trying to be like, no, 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 no. We're gonna come up with some bullshit reason why it's this way. It's like no. That's why I always hated the the 93 Rumble, because the finish was Macho Man fucking up and going for a pinfall, and then Yoko powers him over the top rope. I always hated that finish, because it made Macho Man look like an idiot. Yep. So, here's some other funny funny things to remember since we've recorded. Remember that time uh, Cameron tried to pin someone on her belly? (laughs) And got mad at the referee for not counting? Uh, remember when poor Billy Kay won worst match of the year because she wrestled Evil Eva Marie? Yeah. Evil Marie? Yeah. By the way, what happened to those rumors? Eva Marie's coming back, and then it was Carmella. Yeah, we learned a lot about wrestlers. We got the women's revolution. We got, we learned that Carmella likes to be pissed on. <laughs> Brock Lesnar likes to say piss. Oh, there's so much shit that's happened since we've done this show. It's been crazy. Dude, our first WrestleMania was 30, so that was, like, fucking great. Yeah. For, of course, it was 10 months into the show, because <laughs> we started in May, but... Yeah, we had already recorded 45 episodes by that point. But that remember, fucking ruled. Remember we planned, we planned Kayfabe House? That was a thing that we did? Yes. Uh, I'm I'm looking at all this shit that we. Oh, Dan's video gaming with Creeper Ellis. <laughs> yes, yes. We probably just start that up again. We need to bring that back. Yeah, I want to bring it back like a like a reality show though, and eventually we vote people out, and then you just make a new sim that jumps in the house. Absolutely need Creeper Ellis in there. Creeper Ellis will never be voted out though. He'll probably be in there. <laughs> Well, all of us, the three of us will be voted out years before Creeper Ellis, and he's just still going, still creeping. <laughs> Don't be a quieter. Uh, yeah, the punk, the punk stuff all happened while we were doing this show. Punk quit. Because we did, uh, that was uh, 2014, and then he broke his silence, and we talked about that, about being a quieter. That all happened. Um, and then, of course, he came back. 
It's been crazy to go back. We used to actually actively watch Impact, and it was the best show at the time. Yeah, uh, we had so, that. We had that so one episode. Down. We had that one episode where we had we had to split it, one hundred two A and B. So that was the one our anniversary show too. Yeah. So I had to do one. I had to do half the show with a pay per view preview with one of you, with you or Pat, and then I had to do the other half with a pay per view review. Yep. With the other one of you. <laughs> I don't remember which episode is the one that never made it to air. Uh, and we ended up just doing it on, uh, on like the Facebook group. We did points or consequences on the Facebook group. We had one week where we straight up missed, and then we had one week where we completely did not get the recording. Yes, that's that has happened before. We've and- met all of Booker T's cousins. <laughs> yep, we sure did. We recorded an episode on May 19th that was called Mayoral 19th. <laughs> yeah, we've done we've done quite a bit on here. But like I said, oh, as oh, and all of us have died. Yes, and we've all we've been and we've gotten uad and brown bag paper <laughs> special for like a whole month before. <laughs> and frozen That's happened too. Yeah, I remember we were missing Dan for a while. That was, a, that was a couple of years ago where I was in New York. That's I don't right. know how many helicopter crashes Chris has been in. Uh, a lot. <laughs> Apparently, I, I survived them all, but this is good. <laughs> it got shot down over the Sea of Japan, and it spun in. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. It really it, it sucks to have to end something, but at the same time, it's also necessary. And it's, a, it's a whole new beginning for something that's going to be and, just as fun. And, and Glenn, at any time that you want to join the nerd table, you are welcome to. If you if we're reviewing a Simpsons episode that you want to discuss, you're always welcome to join in. And when I bring back Chris Ranks the Universe, if there's anything there you want to join in on, like when we talk about all of Taker's Mania matches, you are always welcome. We'll we'll figure out a way to work that around your schedule. And you're a patron, so you can cash in that shit whenever you, can you want. You can cash that shit in whenever you want, because you're a top-tier patron. You're not just at the table, you're at the head of the table. <laughs> so you can cash that shit in whenever you want. You just let us know, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do our final points or consequences for Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, and these are reviews about our podcast written by Wrestling Personalities. I thought that would be a pretty fun little way to just to, to wrap it up. And how we're going to do it is we're all going to decide. I'll read the entries, and then we will collectively decide how many points you get. We have two POCs. What's up? Two POCs. No, we did we the other. We already did the po- other one. Oh, you did the one posted on November 9th? Yes. We did that, uh, we did that last night. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Because that was going to be the regular, the last regular episode that we did with the regular format. So I was just like, let's do a POC for that because that'll be a Dan game. And then that way for the finale. Gotcha. I hadn't, I haven't listened to last night's episode yet. Fair enough. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that got released at like 10 PM. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's true. I did release it late. I, I actually thought I had set it to, uh, 
to right away. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I thought I had. Well, I'm just saying, like, like we 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 record, we end at like at, <clears throat> we end everything at like at nine nine thirty. So like, if but, best case, it's up by ten. I went downstairs to eat dinner, and I thought I had the audio formatting, so I could just upload it. When I came back up, it wasn't. So I was just like, God damn it! So I was just like, Fuck it! I'll just do it now, because I was downstairs for a while doing my thing. So the only thing is, you can't do it for yourself. So we'll just say who posted the entry, but I'm not going to tell you who the personality is, and I will do my best to do impressions. It's just I'll I will destroy my voice one last time for for all of y'all. Because I love you guys so much out there. Yeah, fuckers. Making me do this. <laughs> and as I did mention in the group, um, hopefully by now you've heard all of the shoutouts, but uh, I've gotten three shoutouts so far from Matt Hardman, Adrian Cotton, and Jeff Trellowitz as we're doing this. So thank you guys. And to anybody else who has given us... Yeah, anybody else who's given us a shoutout, we also thank you. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Remember, the group's not going anywhere. It'll still be a wrestling discussion group. And we're just shifting a lot of this stuff over to the nerd table. So it's not really a big change. Okay. Our first entry comes from Tom Dickinson. Here's the review. Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk should be arrested for murder because they have come out and killed every other podcast on the internet. They are the greatest allies to professional wrestling and not once... Have I wanted to drag Chris O'Malley, Glenn Kukan, or Dan Peck across a table by their teeth and beat the fuck out of them? Review by Jim Cornette. Gathered that by the end. Because, <laughs> of course, uh, the Bucky Beaver teeth of Kevin Dunn, which I actually I started getting into a lot of corny stuff while we were doing the show because that was part of watching classic wrestling. And I watched a lot of his shoot interviews, and that's when I discovered he had a podcast. Well, that was, yeah, because, like, a little bit into us doing the show, I watched, like, every Jim Cornette shoot interview. <laughs> yeah, the Kevin Dunn thing was always fucking hysterical. The thing that the thing that made me laugh the hardest, though, was when I got my question on his show, and fucking Jason Porter sent me the clip from YouTube, and he goes, It's you! In case I didn't realize it was me. And I still thank him <laughs> for that, so... Uh, I award points to Tom Dickinson's Cornette review. Same. Same. 300 points for Tom Dickinson. Okay, this next one comes from old Glenn. So, we'll see what Dan and I think of it. Trash. Randy Orton has spoken. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Thanks, Randy. Dick. Mm -hmm. I award 100 points to Glenn, and I award 0 points to Randy Orton for being a dick. I get points. (laughs) All right, so Glenn will walk away with 200 points. All right. Here comes your next one. This was submitted by Taylor Chadwick, or just Chaylor Tadwick, and then just Chaylor, because he lost the name, just like Elias, who has been on the show and played guitar for us. All right, I don't know how to do an impression of this person, so I'm just going to read it. You know this Club Kayfabe podcast? I've listened to it for a while, all the way back to Stonefold. But whenever I try to play Points or Consequences, these two brothers would say my answers. They must be refs, because they try to fuck on me. <laughs> Written by Ted DiBiase Jr. <laughs> that guy's a fucking mess these days. Oh, God, is he? 
that sucked too because I actually really liked him. I was a fan. Uh, that's definitely getting points from me. Agreed. Yeah. All right, there you go. Trying Good job, Taylor. Fuck on me. All right. <clears throat> from Dan Dahl. Reached for comment, the great Kali said, After much introspection, I submit that the passionate entrepreneurs of Club Kayfabe have dedicated themselves with great fervor to the creation of an unforgettable program and a community that has already left an indelible mark on the industry and its fans. And to that I say... (laughs) It was like Bobby G. When he speaks clearly, he's almost Bobby G. (laughs) You don't sound nothing like me. And I think... uh, I think Kali stroked out at the end of that, so... Yeah, that's points for me, all right. That's definitely points, and I like that just for the sheer fact that he's got, like, this massive vocabulary. Well, wouldn't that be, like, the greatest gimmick twist of all time? Oh, yes. Kali came out just... The Tajiri could actually speak English. Oh, yeah, that was a... Yeah. What do you say, Dan? Nice points. All right, Dan Dahl walks away with 300 points. <clears throat> All right, this Randy Moyer's entry did not submit the name of the person writing, but it's not going to be hard to figure out who it is. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk is the single greatest podcast in the history of sports entertainment. What you going to do when Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk and Hulkamania run wild on you? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. 50 points. Oh, jeez. That's the ultimate warrior, duh. Who else would it be? You, you didn't follow the rules, so 50. Wow. <laughs> Glenn's going full heel for the last episode. Oh. I mean, is it in the rules that you had to tell us who? No, it was not. Glenn's just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put I, 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 mine because I just kind of thought it was implicit. Yeah. I am only kidding. That was good. That was good. I'm giving it points. You get bo- you get points, Jack. Dude, brother, Jack points, Randy Moyer. <laughs> you get... Uh, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> don't. Don't do what you're about to do. <laughs> All right. This next one is definitely the longest review, and I'm not doing a full impression for it because I will die. Because your impression <clears throat> will kill you when I saw this one. So. Yes. You know, they all say all podcasts are created equal... But you listen to the Club Cafe podcast, and you listen to the other podcasts, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally, if you go one-on-one with another show, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But the hosts are genetic freaks and are not normal. So you got a 25% at best at being a better show. And then you add the VIP show to the mix. You, the chances of being better drastically go down see the podbean ratings show you got a 33 and a third chance of getting listeners but they got a 66 and two-thirds chance of outdrawing the other shows because conrad thompson knows he can't top their shows and he's not even gonna try so other podcasts you take your 33 and a third chance minus their 25 percent chance if they were to go one-on-one and you get an eight and a third chance of winning being a better show but then you take their 75% chance of winning if we were to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percents. I got 141 two-third chance of being a better podcast. The numbers don't lie, and they spell out that Club Kayfabe is just a better podcast than you fat some bitches on the internet. (laughs) 
So Conrad is the Kurt Angle in this situation? <laughs> yep. <laughs> this gets an earmark. You officially get a standing O. <laughs> well, Scott Steiner likes to give O's to his freaky women. No, All right, so 300 points plus an earmark. All right. There are many podcasts out there that talk about big sweaty men slapping meat or wrestling in other words. At best, those shows are worth three stars. But if you're talking about Club Kayfabe, three ain't enough. That's why it's my honor and privilege to give Club Kayfabe five stars because C.K. Rocks. C. K rocks. C. K rocks. That's points for me, dog. Points. I guess this is from Big E. That's from Big E. Yep. Big e with, his adver- with his aversion to three. By the way, the, Stein- <laughs> the Steiner entry was from Matt Hardman. And this was Adrian Cotton. So this is actually from Big AC. From Big EAC. Because those are his initials. From Big EAC. Emerson. Uh, Adrian, I've officially just given you a new nickname. You are now Big EAC. In the place to be? Yeah, that's points for me, dog. Yeah, that's points. All right, this takes us to the chess on the... I had to make a count. We haven't seen that guy since like February. I know. Uh, I don't sound nothing like that from Sweet Bobby G. That's his review. <laughs> That's his review. He doesn't like our voice of him whenever he comes up. Yep. <laughs> I'll sound nothing like me. That was from me. Uh, points. Good points. Thank you. Well, and- I thought I put my my entry in pretty early. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, and this is from Dan. Okay. Club Kayfabe, I find them tiresome. Also points. Yeah, you know that's getting points. <laughs> All right, so the three hosts walked away with 200 points each. All right, here comes your next one. <clears throat> this is from Jay Winger. They stopped listening to them when they stopped doing consequences in their points or consequences game because uh, they stopped doing an imitation uh, of my voice every week. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's points. I agree. <laughs> Sorry, Triple H. <laughs> Don't worry, dude. I'll always be a fan. That's points, yeah. Penultimate entry. I thought I was the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And then I heard Club Cafe Wrestle Talk. I give them four out of ten stars, which from a salty guy like me is a great compliment. By Jeff Trelowitz from Brett the Hitman Hart. Seth's Thank, fault. Thanks for those. Yeah. What'd you say? Seth's fault. Seth's fault. It's Seth's fault. Yeah. Four out of ten. Uh, Jeff, your entry is a four out of ten. You get points. Yes. And from Michael Vaughn, your final entry from submitted by Kevin Von Eric. I thought the show was better than going to a funeral. Fuck. <laughs> Gee, I thought you were going to say family reunion. <laughs> That's what I would have said. That's still pretty dark. <laughs> Either way you slice <laughs> that, that was going down a dark path. 
Yes, it was. <laughs> but it is points. That's points. All right, so your official winner is Matthew Hardman with the longest fucking entry. The only time the longest entry actually scored the points. Yeah. All right, you know, I will... I will update this and see where everybody stands, and then we can decide if we want to do a runoff of games for the remaining two, three, four, five, for the remaining six Mondays of the year. If you guys want to just do wrestling-based games to get to the end of the year so we can do the prize proper, which I'm sure whoever's not in first place is going to want that, (laughs) so... (laughs) I promise I will update. This I, I kind of want it at the end now, so I'm the host with the most points. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe you will be. Guys, this has been a tremendously fun time. I had a blast doing the show with you guys, with Patrick, and with everybody else who's come along. Um, we've all gone our separate ways in the world of wrestling, but we've never truly stopped being fans, and we never will. That's the truth. Even and when we the... never stop being friends. We'll never stop the real, the real journey was the friends we made along the way. And you know what? That's I'm not even saying that to sound corny. That's true. We made so many great friends in the group. And I, I would go through a roll call, but I'm going to leave somebody out if I do that. And I just can't. My name is Dan. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't... I like that new Japan. Yeah. So to everybody who is currently a member of Club Kayfabe, home of true wrestling fans, and to everybody who ever was a member and isn't anymore, and yes, I mean that, because we all know Antonio was in the group at one point, thank you guys for everything. It has been an absolute pleasure to do this podcast, to entertain you guys, and I look forward to all of you listening to more Nerd Table. We look forward to doing more video game streams. Uh, It's going to be really fun to have Dan on board. The VIP Wrestle Talk is still a ton of fun to do because we still talk about the classic stuff. There might be a handful of news thrown in, like the Zelina Vega thing we 100% would have talked about. So, yeah. yeah. Talk about Eddie's anniversary. And Eddie's anniversary. You know, big, big stuff that might have happened that's significant. So, and, and you know what? And if Modern Product starts becoming good again, then we might start reviewing those shows on VIP Wrestle Talk again, just like uh, we used to. <clears throat> we did a couple of them this year, but we really haven't done that many. We stuck to the, the classics. Wrestle Kingdom is coming. Well, uh, that's that's a given. <laughs> that's a freaking given. We watch that all the time. That's that's the biggest New Japan show I seriously go out of my way to watch. Like I put I put everything down to watch that one. With another double Naito coming up. Naito, or as they wrote on the on the website, uh, no Naito off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. That's actually pretty good, yeah. Although this would have been the perfect time to split the titles. They keep on putting over the fact that he wants to defend them separately, but they keep making him defend them at the I know, it's so stupid. But, you know what? Even no company is infallible, and even New Japan's going to have a hiccup that makes you roll your eyes. That's yep. just how it is, right? Like, well, it's the thing. It's just like I would prefer the thing with New Japan for me is like eh, I'd prefer this, but this is still pretty damn good, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's no doubt it's still pretty good. I should like this would have been that perfect moment to have him defend the first one on night one and defend the heavyweight on night two. Just would have made the most sense, but no, nope, they're gonna they're gonna have him defend both titles, both or you know 
possibly both nights, but I don't think it's going to go that way. And uh, real quick, I just saw a meme that I want to share with you guys. The lady tweeted, I'm giving my boyfriend an empty PS5 box with a positive pregnancy test inside. And oh, God. somebody re- responds and goes, good luck being a single mom. Hope the kid turns out better than you. <laughs> Did you see the one I'm getting my kids the, the Xbox 5 and it's the Xbox 2 and 3 taped together? Yup, I've seen that. It's I, I see. Oh my god! I saw. Uh, I saw Dan Dahl posting his Atari seventy eight hundred. Yes, <laughs> and that one I actually got like, updated for. with like component or whatever. So yeah, it, like we'll put out it somewhat HD. Uh, it's so <laughs> so freaking funny, <clears throat> guys. This has been a great show. Uh, Dan and I will continue podcasting. Glenn, you're always welcome to come back, and anytime work lets you. And you feel like cashing in, you know what to do. Just contact us. Sounds like a plan. And uh, and I will and I'll make sure if there's a Chris Franks universe you want to be on that we will absolutely make that happen and we'll work around your schedule. So, and all I want to say as we move forward is, I've said my piece about wrestling multiple times, but honestly, watch the wrestling that makes you happy. And if it's not making you happy, don't watch it. Don't lose your passion for wrestling just because you don't like Vince or you're not into AEW or whatever. And when your local indies come back, even no matter what, if, if take take the protocols necessary, but keep supporting them. And that's that's the one thing I can't stress. And to everybody who has ever wanted me to shut up about Antonio, you are getting your wish. If it ever comes back again, it's a total a total flub on my end. And it either has to be super relevant to the actual story, or I literally just fucked up and he his name came out. But I will retire him in the group, and I mean, like I said, there's no point in keeping that going anymore. He and I are not friends anymore. We haven't been for a couple of years now. I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Although the longest thread on the CK on the CK group is still going to stay. It's about to hit another year because it was on December seventeenth. Yeah, my dad's birthday. That's a good way to remember it. <laughs> to remember that the the Antonio's rage quit was on my dad's birthday. Yeah. Yep. I mean, why not? Sometimes I think I'm the only one. Well, I mean, my dad's birthday featured the death of Owen Hart, so I I at least yours is something funny. <laughs> so I'm just saying. <laughs> Just yeah, well, saying. my sister's birthday features the Columbine shooting. Oh, my, my mom's birthday is the death of Dale Earnhardt. I just remembered that. You know what? This got dark really quickly. We're uh, yeah. Thank you all, everybody. Have a good Thank night. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for 380 episodes and 15 specials of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. And I am going to do my best to put the entire run of the sh- of the series up on patreon.com slash club kayfabe. If Please I, help if you can, because I'm sure he doesn't have every episode. I probably don't have every episode, but I will do my best to find them. Because I do have a significant number of them. And if you've got them, don't delete them until you see the episode up there. But thank you guys, Glenn, Dan, it has been a pleasure. But uh, the bell has rung. The match is over. Uh, we have we have officially reached the time limit draw. 
Mm. It's time. We are. It is time to go home and end the show. Good night, everybody, and thank you once again. Later. Can't wait to never talk to you guys ever again. Oh shit! Yeah. God damn! Oh, I didn't stop recording yet. You all heard it. You all heard it. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Fare thee well, folks. <laughs>